you're basically, you buy into these contracts. Like my clients had 50 or hundred sessions right. at this point with good life. So I had to take their sessions and sell them on Kijiji for no them. Way. And I helped all of my clients sell their sessions. That's a true entrepreneur. Welcome to the fourth episode of the After Foreplay podcast. Today, we have a very special guest. So special that in a roundabout way, this podcast would not exist without her. Cassie Day is the founder of All Day Fit, a Toronto-based wellness community centered in strength and empowerment. I had the pleasure of meeting Cassie through one of her Fit Escapes fitness retreats that she runs all over the world. In this episode, we go deep into Cassie's entrepreneurial story, what it takes to build a global brand, and how you can reclaim your creative time. Cassie has not only built an amazing business, but an inspired community. She is also one of my favorite people to run into on the streets of TO. Ladies and gentlemen, Cassie Day. All right, I'm alive. We're rolling. We're all a little bit out of breath. Just had a <laughs> had a pregame. Yeah, Why am I the only one not out of breath? Because you work out every day. Because you have fit written on your <laughs> phone case. <laughs> you used to work out every day. I, we've been working out every day. Yeah. Um, we're going to get to that. Yeah. Cool. So, Cassie, how's it going? It's going great. Good. How was summer? <laughs> summer didn't even happen. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, we feel the same way. I actually feel like September didn't even start. How's your Q4 prep? You ready for the end of the year? I'm ready for 2020. You ready okay. for 2020? I'm like... 2019, we're wrapping it up. We're both, we're doing 2020 planning now, and I'm excited. 2020 is the big There's season a big for chapter fitness. coming up. Yeah. Yeah. What do you got in the works? Um, we're moving spaces. Whoa! You haven't told me this about that. You, oh, you're get oh. kind of told you this. <laughs> okay. No parts of it. Okay. When's this being released? Probably over the next few days. Oh, okay. Good. Haven't told any of my clients about it yet. <laughs> Have you not? Yeah. Um, we're moving spaces to the East End. Sweet. East End's the best. Nice. Is this the East End? I mean, Kinda. it's closer. It's more East End as well. How far is Parliament from here? Closer than your old place. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. It's probably, I would say, Parliament, like Parliament King. Yeah. What's our major intersection Ma- maybe here? Maybe a 20 minute, maybe a 20 minute walk. We're kind of at like, we're, we're east of Young and, and Harbor Front. But yeah, space. So really on the, we kind of hopped into stuff. Let's unpack a little bit of what you do, what you need space for. Oh, what I do? Okay. (laughs) So I run a business called All Day Fit. Um, It is personal training, nutrition, group fitness, all that fun stuff. Nice. Um, It's located here in Toronto. I have myself and a team of seven others. And yeah, that's All Day Fit. Cool. So I look at your business and I see all like a ton of people's dream business. I feel like there's so many people in the personal training and fitness space that want exactly what you have. And I know so many people that have tried to do it. So I'm interested, though, we're, we're friends, we've been talking for a while. I don't know, like, your origin stories and how, like, everything got started and all that. Maybe you can tell us a little bit about it. How I got started? Yeah, yeah I, feel, I feel like everyone on the podcast, we've been, we've been kind of di- diving deep. Like, now what are you doing now? We want to know kind of more about how you got to where you are. Because I think everybody's story, it wasn't super linear, right? Like, there was, like, a lot of weird turns and, like... Um, you know, you grew up like in Nova Scotia, so I'm sure, like, you know, like I feel like a lot of it has I grew diverted up in New Brunswick. from <laughs> I think you grew up in Nova Scotia, Nova Scotia, okay, we'll Nova Scotia is okay, in New Brunswick. I'm joking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you guys got real serious. <laughs> like, oh shit. They have a separate conversation with Shane. What? Yeah. Tell, tell us more about what you do because you have such a cool business where you have yeah. such a big community and it's just like such a great organic following that you have. And I feel like 
that's so rare nowadays with especially like paid traffic. You can, it's just really hard to tell when somebody has like a great organic community. And I feel like you have that. Well, can you teach me how to do paid traffic? Is the real question. We'll talk. We can talk, we'll after, talk. The, we can talk after the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Tell, tell us how this all got going. Is this the vision that you had from, you know, 10 years ago or how did this come about? So all they fit is about three years old, really two years, but three years. Okay. Um, before that, Let's backtrack way, way back. So I come from a family of seven. So like big family. It's like kind of who I am. Okay. So Are like you that's the oldest? You, I'm the oldest. Yeah. So like yeah, I see yeah. that now in like my habits like later in life, big time. Mm-hmm. And then went off to university. Hockey was like my sport growing up forever. So like then again, very team oriented. Hmm. Um, went through my years of university. Kind of started the gym in first year. Actually, I came home at Christmas time and my brother was like, I'm going to give you some hard truth. You've gained a bit of weight. What? And no. like, no one in my family is really like honest like that. And he was like, yeah, I just, I've never seen you look like this. Cause I played hockey for like 13 years. So like I've come to meal hall. I understood what drinking ha- happened in my life. So then I started the gym then that was in January. And honestly, it's been eight years and I haven't stopped the gym for three, four, five, six times a week. It's been a consistent habit since then. Mm-hmm. Um, it kind of was like a really big part in my university life in terms of like mental health uh, and also my physical health, but also like it was something that when you go to school, like it was kind of like our sport because I had stopped hockey at that point. I decided to put my full focus into school. School is not something that came naturally to me, so I had to work really hard at it. Um, so what did you take in school? Business. Business. Wow, okay. okay. Yeah. I, like that. I thought I would never use it. Look, <laughs> at look, at you you <laughs> look at me now. I actually was like, never going to use it. Yeah, I couldn't. Now so, use so do you it. think it's actually helped with your business? That like, let's say like the content in the courses that you took. Yeah, for sure. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. I like that. Cool. Are it business students? I took business courses. Actually, accounting was the one class I dropped out of. And it's probably the biggest hole in our businesses. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe I should have taken the class. Uh, but I took, biz- I took accounting and I took like a couple business courses in the last couple of years. But I went for kin. So it wasn't, yeah, oh, well, it really wasn't like a major switched focus. switched degrees would have helped us out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, come on. Now I'm like, wish I had a kin degree. But I hire people who have kin degrees. There I'm you good. go. I mean, yeah, I'm a media production dropout. So I mean, I'm... <laughs> I'm no, I'm everything but business, to be honest. Like in terms of university and stuff. Yeah. But I yeah. felt like you could have been teaching your teachers. Uh, it kind of felt like that when I was there. Like I wouldn't say teaching them, but I would say like, I definitely had a little bit of animosity towards the way they did things. But I think yeah. that happens with anything in my life. So, um, <laughs> to be honest, <laughs> I, I don't know. Animosity is a common theme like, in your well, life. I don't know when stuff like, I like when stuff's done my way, and so anything outside of that, I have very little patience for. Yeah. So you're unemployable. Yeah, I'm, un- yeah, I'm, un- I'm unemployable. <laughs> it's not always a bad thing sometimes, yeah. I guess. But okay, so what did what did your your siblings have an influence on with in terms of like your character? And I, I'm assuming like a lot of your leadership capabilities and skill set came from that. Like, yeah. what, what were your siblings like? Are they as loud as you are? Or? No, I'm definitely not <laughs> loud. <laughs> so you have you have like brothers, sisters, all we're sisters. We're like four and three. Four and three. Yeah. Okay. All the, like similar ages to you or? We're all two years down mm-hmm. and then a 10 year gap and then a baby. Well, he's now eight. Okay. And what was, so what are they all up to? Is similar things like you or? No, none of them. Um, my brothers are more into cars, okay. but also business. And my dad's an entrepreneur in the mm-hmm. car industry. Oh, your dad's so, an entrepreneur. Yeah. Oh, okay. So that kind of, they kind of followed his route. They all work mm-hmm. with him. Eventually we'll take on the business. Mm-hmm. My sister's in school right now at St. Mary's where I went. 
not taking business, but super interested. She actually works at two gyms. So she works at Good Life and the campus gym. So like I didn't okay. think she would like follow my steps, but yeah. there's like she's at my university. She's working at two gyms. Who knows? Yeah. Um, and then I don't know. The eight year old's too too young to know. Okay. He so hates hockey. That's all I know. So <laughs> that's all you care about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so did your dad have an influence on you taking business in school, or was that your choice? Pure my choice. Yeah. Uh, my parents are really young, so kind of. I guess like they were not that they were more my friends, but I guess. I feel like a lot of people, when they get to like grades 10, 11, and 12, like their parents are trying to like encourage school or post-secondary or like make them go do certain things. My parents never really put like expectations on us in terms of what we wanted to do. It was really just like make your own choice, make the good choices, do what you want to be, be who you want to be. Mm-hmm. And I just naturally followed that. Hmm. So, so this is interesting because I've always like, you know, you hear a lot about entrepreneurs in their early days. Then you have Gary V ripping flowers out of people's <laughs> yards and selling it back to them. And I never felt that way early on in childhood. Like I had a lemonade stand, but I was never like an aggressive salesperson as a really young kid. So was it the same case for you where you felt like the need to, to be doing business or was it like kind of more of an interest or something you felt that would, you would be good at? Honestly, was- I don't even think it was that I, I chased business. I think mm-hmm. it was that I chased leadership. Ah, and I chased okay. leading, leading other people. Hmm. So I think I chased, I think honestly, that's like where all day fit came. I think I was so passionate about leading. Yeah. And that's why I think it's like very authentic in terms of like how all day fit grew and how it began. Because hmm. it wasn't, that I was like trying to grow a business. It was that I had like found something that bettered my life and like drastically changed who I was. And I want to like show others that too. That's so huge. So it is huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It just happened. I feel like that's super on. So me and Shane were on a run last night. We were talking because we knew we were possibly, possibly having you on the podcast today. So we were talking through it. And we, were, we were both kind of like, we were, we were confused about how you got to the where you, because if you were to build a business, you wouldn't usually end up where you've ended up. But I feel like both of us look at, at what you've built as something that we, we definitely like look up to in terms of we're like, how the fuck would we ever go about doing this? Um, so I think you've done something we can't really figure out and I don't think there's like a pathway for it. So I think that's the biggest thing that we want to unpack in terms of like what kind of what you've done. Cause we don't like in terms of building a business that does X amount a year and sells shit or whatever. Like I don't think you sell stuff. Like you create experiences, you create emotions and you create like memorable like things for people so it's like I think that's what I really want to like dig into more like you're saying it kind of just came naturally but it was like did you pull any inspiration from anything because like for us as business like straight business people it's like okay we're pulling in from inspiration from this business x business but I don't think you maybe did that I think you really pulled it from something a little bit more organic so if you could like get into more of that I think that would be really cool I don't know the <laughs> answer so I guess like for the first two years I didn't like I there's everyone be like who you do look up to and I don't even know one person mm-hmm. I just still don't know people's names but in terms of like I didn't know what I was chasing it was just happening and then I guess kind of at the two-year mark is where I realized like everyone's like what's your pl-? you were like what's your plan where are you going what are you doing and I was getting that asked out a lot and I don't think I knew and I started to think about it in terms of what's the one thing I know that I want the one thing I know that I want is I want to build a global brand mm-hmm. so Obviously, that's like if I like dug, I was like, what's the real honest truth here? Got to figure out how to get there now. So then for my last year, which has been my third year, I have been hired a mentor, exploring a lot of gyms in terms of like people, like big name coaches all through the states and stuff. So now kind of seeing like what they're doing um, and trying to learn from them in terms Mm -hmm. of where I'm going next. But honestly, up to where all they fit is now, it just kind of happened. So but... So did you go into personal training after university? Yeah, so I went from university 
to work at Red Bull Canada, okay. and that's where I did digital marketing. Oh, really? And I was obsessed with digital and obsessed with brand. And I'm, hmm. Red Bull's like the number one thing that they actually are known for is their brand. Um, and I loved it. So at that point, I was kind of like, do I chase a brand career or what do I do? And I, hmm. I quit. I went to Backpack Asia for six months. Nice. Um, came back from With eight, no plan of no, what no, you were going to do after. No, no idea. Okay. That wasn't even top of mind. In that mix, my brother passed away. Hmm. So I was kind of like fuck this life like let's go let's go explore hmm. at that point you kind of like realize like life could end at any point you never know what can happen took off to asia when i got back i had like a life crisis <laughs> i was like family's in shambles i don't know what i want to do with my life i'm in halifax i want to be in toronto what's gonna get me to toronto try to rent is man like psycho hmm. um and then my best friend was like Cassie, you just traveled Asia for six months. What's the one thing? That six months? You six were gone? Months. Wow. Oh, my God. That's a long That's time. That's fucking awesome. She Man. was like, what's the one thing that was consistent the entire time you were away? And I went to the gym. I consistently went to the gym, even though I was backpacking Asia. Everyone was, like, hammered, partying all night long. I was still making, like, the gym was, like, just who I was and, like, part of my everyday. It was, like, eating to me at this point. Mm-hmm. So then she was like, you should explore a job in fitness. And that's how it started. The next day I apply at Good Life. The, bo- the GM at the Good Life was like, sorry, we're not hiring. And I convinced him into hiring me. Of course Basically, he did. Yeah, that was <laughs> um, And then I worked there. And I worked mm-hmm. there for like two and a half to three years. And one of my clients who also was in branding, she was like, you need to get out of here. She was like, you you're like a walking business. Like you need to go and do this for yourself. You know what to do. You have the personality to do it. You go make it happen. Mm. And it took me like eight months to like not be a chicken shit basically. <laughs> and then uh, this happened in November and then I actually quit in May and All Day Fit started one minute later. Okay, so where <laughs> where were you at from hearing that you should be out on your own and then actually making the move of quitting? Had you started talking to clients and talking about training them independently? What What's that process look like? So I guess in November I started... Yeah, this is good for people who want to leave a big corporate, comfort, big corporate gym. Everyone asked mm-hmm. me this. Um, in November I started like thinking in terms like company name. I wanted to... I knew that when I left in May, I wanted to have a recognizable brand so like I didn't want to just like quit and then try to figure it out so I had a name select it I had my colors picked I had like brand fonts everything my brand identity was like established before my even happened honestly I, I I'm almost positive the website was completely done hmm. so then come April I start telling clients and letting them know that I'd be leaving I had nine clients at the time and nine clients left. No way. Me. That's yeah. awesome. That's insane. And I'll say legal, so I don't know if I should be gloating about that on here. But yeah. <laughs> we won't show good luck. <laughs> <laughs> Just got to tilt the mic up a little yeah. bit. There you go. Cool. So at Good Life, I don't know if you guys know, but you're basically, you buy into these contracts. Like my clients had 50 or 100 sessions right. at this point with Good Life. So I had to take their sessions and sell them on Kijiji for no them. Way. And I helped all of my clients sell their sessions. That's a true entrepreneur. Wow, yeah. that's a really, really, really and good And did story. they make money off these No, sessions? they didn't make money. But they broke even. They broke even, okay. so then they could come train with me. Amazing. Fuck yeah. yeah. That's, <laughs> awesome. that's, that's such a good sick. story. Holy fuck. That's so real. who did your website and like the branding and all that? Did you do it all yourself? No, none of it. None <laughs> of it. <laughs> I was expecting <laughs> I did everything. It all came Definitely from my brain. Definitely not. Um, I worked with a girl named Janelle who just left me like a month ago. Oh, I'm so sad. Rip Janelle. Uh, um, but honestly, like... 
finding someone who aligns with your brand values or like who you are was the hardest part. Hmm. I interviewed three different graphic designers, four graphic designers before I found Janelle. Janelle's my fifth one. One girl was like, I don't really like the color pink. I was like, well, you're fired. <laughs> it's like my favorite color. It's the only color I want on the brand at this point. So she was done. The next girl was like, she's like, I, I envision you like with tribal symbols because of your hair. And I was like, also fired. <laughs> like people just like weren't, uh, they weren't doing it. And then Janelle, like I met Janelle and Janelle was able to like pull myself and make it into a brand. And that was like magic. Hmm. Wow. So how did you know Janelle was going to be the one? Because she like captured my personality and energy on a piece of paper. Okay. So she did and some she sort of like design mock-up for like or something. three years yeah. later. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. In the transition from good life to starting your, and obviously when you're building your own business, you build processes and all that kind of stuff. And something like a corporate gym has tons of processes. I feel like you didn't inherit all of the processes of good life, but like what is one thing you did take from maybe them? If, if anything, if you didn't take anything, then, then say nothing. But was there anything you did take from your time at good life and applied to all day fit? Oh, I got, I took a lot in terms of, I guess they're like the professionalism, which like s- people probably don't really see a good life until you're in the system, but like it is very systemized. Hmm. Um, so it refined you out a little bit. Definitely. A million percent. People, I hear all the time people like bash good life, but it, it is what shaped me. It's, it's, they have to do things well. They're everywhere. Right. You know? They're doing something yeah. right. Mm-hmm. So in terms of like, the client relationship, I guess I, I really learned how to, cause you see a lot of trainers now who are, it's called external trainers. They train people all over the city, but it's just not done like a professional manner. Like hmm. they'll change their rates. There's no tax included. They'll do it through e-transfer. Like nothing seems very professional. Whereas I saw that in a big business. And when I left, I kept that same standard of professionalism. So I think that was huge. Okay. That's a really good piece of advice. I definitely know a ton of trainers in Toronto and and I can even, as you're explaining that, seeing that weakness as a client, it would be like, you know, it's a little bit like, oh, maybe I'll go to a regular gym if I wasn't getting a consistent schedule or things like that, or the professionalism. It's interesting. And I feel like it's it's a super competitive industry and and it's getting more and more competitive. And you'd think that that'd be an obvious thing. It's like professionalism, charging tax, that kind of thing would be something people would do, but I can see people not doing that at all. But most trainers like don't come from a business background of any sorts. And mm. most trainers like honestly haven't even worked in a professional career. Right. Is that bad to say? And like, yeah, really, like a lot of people come from like whether it be high school or college and then straight into training. I like have no years of experience like to be honest, like I'm, I'm t- working with my coaches right now to teach them how to write proper emails. Hmm. And like, it's a lot of things that you learn, whether it be through an undergrad or through working in an office where you learn things and certain skills. And I feel like a lot of trainers don't get that experience. Hmm. So what, why do you think that your clients all wanted to come with you and not stay a good life? The relationships that I build. That's a good answer. I, yeah. yeah. I think like... I think, yeah, the relationships I build, I just like, I still have those clients today. Mm-hmm. So those, of those eight clients, six of them are still at All Day Fit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wow. it's crazy. Yeah, The client I just trained right before this, I've been with Chef out of her for five years. Wow. That's insane. Yeah. Where, where did and now you like, I'm like, oh, we're moving to the East End. She's far west. And she's like, really? You're going to make me out of for another 30 minute drive? <laughs> but she's coming. <laughs> there you go. So where were you training them all after you left Good Life? I went straight to Cardio Go, which is the gym that we're all day fits at now. Okay. Didn't you used to train out of where you're living now? Didn't you used to train out of your condo? 
I, I lived it? there, so I trained a few clients when oh, I lived, okay, when there. You lived there. I guess when I first left Good Life, like this is also something I feel like a lot of trainers don't realize. It's like I was traveling along around to condos and also at Cardio Go, but it takes so much time. And then I got grew and grew and grew, and I didn't time with something I need to narrow in on. So if clients wouldn't come to me, I stopped traveling to them. Hmm. Okay, so you, you're, you've broken away from good life. You have nine <laughs> clients of your own. Um, but I'm assuming at this point you're super busy hiring a lot of clients. Where did it start to transition from you as a solo team to now you with trainers? You know what's crazy is like when you have nine clients at good life, life is great. Mm-hmm. Life is so good because you don't have to do anything else. Mm-hmm. When you become an entrepreneur, you have to do the marketing, the sales, the accounting, the right. bookkeeping. Yeah. And all of a sudden, my eight perfect hours a day turn into like 14, 15 hours a day. Uh, yeah. And then that's where I, because a lot of people like, obviously, good, good life takes a large portion of the pay of the hourly rate. Now I understand why. <laughs> because that eight hours, walk, like, you mm-hmm. know, yeah. turned into such a large number. Um, what so that's definitely, a speed, <laughs> that's definitely a speed bump to entrepreneurship. It's yeah. like, oh, wait, you're, no, no, no. You need a bookkeeper and this person <laughs> and this person. You're like, holy shit, there's so many roles here. All the things. Yeah. So who, who were the first hires that you made? So I went a year on my own actually turning out way a lot of clients because I didn't have a plan. Like this wasn't what I thought. I, I didn't even know what I was thinking. I mm-hmm. had no intention of like growing multiple trainers. But the one thing about entrepreneurship and you guys I'm sure know is it can be lonely. So as a trainer at Good Life, like you're surrounded by a team and everything's again, very team oriented Mm. coming from my big family and my hockey background team was a big, big thing in my life. And that was the hardest part. That's what took me eight months to leave Good Life was because I was so connected to this team. So when I was on my own, I think it wasn't so much that I needed someone else. It was that I wanted someone else. And if I didn't have another trainer by my side at that point, I don't know if I would have continued in the career. Mm. I put, I didn't even post about it because Brooke, who's my first trainer, she actually was my client for a year of good life. So she saw that I left and been on my own during the time of training with me. She went and got a personal training designation as well. And then she reached out to me and she was like, I'm in the service industry. I want to get out of it. Like, are you hiring? I'm pretty sure that's how it happened. <laughs> and then we sat down and we chatted and that was in May and she was, I think I hired the next day, but wow. Insane. Yeah, so, it was good. So when, so where, where did the expansion come from? Were, were you doing kind of client acquisition work and trying to bring on more clients or how, how did that work? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I blinked and now I have seven people. But literally. I was like, when I hired Brooke in May, I was like, Brooke, it's going to be a couple of months until you're like busy. Like I, I like apologize. Right. She was full in 30 days. Wow. I don't know. Yeah. This is also three years ago. Like the industry has grown so much. There was way less trainers three years ago. Mm. I think I made it look really good that now everyone wants to be a trainer. I don't know. Life is good as a trainer. Yeah. But uh, once Brooke was full, like after a month, then we brought Casey on three months after. And then again, that was in October. I interviewed her like four times. Brooke, I knew. I have like a trust issue. And Brooke, I knew because I trained her for a year. Casey was a complete random. So I was like nervous. So I met her once and then I met her again and then I met her again and then I ended up hiring her. Mm -hmm. Thank God. But, uh, again, told her, I was like, it's going to be like a while until you're full. And it was like 30 days. Wow. It was, that's And it's continued with that trend from what, whenever I talk to you, you're like, oh yeah, need two new trainers. It's kind of stayed like steady since Carolyn in February, but yeah, it was like that. Right. Do you classify, would you, would you call yourself a salesperson? No. 
Well, I guess everyone's a salesperson. Yeah, but I wouldn't classify is. myself as that. It's so funny because you know, I think when I met you, or when I, I kind of knew about you from Misha and Zach a little bit, but then I moved into your building, and then I, I remember the first time I see you, I see you come into the lounge where we're all working with just a parade of blonde hair, just <laughs> following you in big whiteboards, and I'm like, what's going on here? And you just like crowded up the lounge. You got this whole team with you, and there was just energy. You know, there's just vibrance and energy. And I feel like you do have that radiating from you. You have this like good vibe feeling coming off of you. And it's, it's very contagious among the people around you. So I, I look at it and I see like an awesome, awesome salesperson. Like people just want to be a part of what you have, whatever you're selling. They just want that. They want that energy and everything. It's so prevalent through your character and through the people around you. It's great. And even like the events that you're having when you had that big dinner on the rooftop and everything and, you know, wanting to be a leader of people like you can see that crystallizing around you. It's it's pretty inspirational and especially for people working from home. I feel like that's a huge thing. And you as you know, when you were running Vanquish Media by yourself and me when I was starting an e-com by yourself, a lot of the time you're sitting by a laptop on your own <laughs> day in, day out. Like it's definitely a problem for for our generation when we're starting to work from laptops and work from home. There's just not as much community. So it's, it's really cool to see you bring that about in your own way. You know, you took the lessons from good life, the refinement and all that, made a professional, but your own environment. And it's fucking awesome. I guess that's the biggest thing missing a good life is any type of environment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like yeah. miserable in there. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. Mis- there's yeah. like carpets and cranky people. <laughs> <laughs> They're all sick of the red shirts at <laughs> yeah. this point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I didn't wear red for two years yeah. after that. <laughs> Like Trump. It's just not a flattering color as I'm wearing it right now. <laughs> <laughs> no one likes red. <laughs> That's so funny. Well, yeah, we have to commend you on that because, it's, yeah, like I said, it's just inspirational and we love it. I think energy is a big part. I think that's what, like you just said, people are attracted to things that they want to feel. Mm-hmm. And I think so, yeah, I say I'm not a salesperson, but I do like pride myself on my good energy because I think good energy attracts good energy. Mm-hmm. And that's what the entire All Day Fit brand's built on. I always say like I hire based off energy. Mm-hmm. So where most people are out there seeking the best coach in Toronto, I'm actually seeking the best energy in Toronto. I can teach the skills that these girls need to know in terms of executing personal training. I can't teach good vibes. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're not just doing one-on-one training, right? You're doing, is, is it more class-based or is it more the one-on-one? It's, we just launched a brand new program one year ago that now is the core of All Day Fit. But prior to that, it's always been predominantly personal training with the exception of like my three classes I have. So when I worked at Good Life, I had three classes. When I left, I mocked those same three class times wherever I could find a location in the city at this point. Mm -hmm. So I've always had those same people from Good Life still to this day, those same times, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. So what are are the classes? Um, What is the focus? What is the time? Yeah, yeah. No, like what are the classes like? What are are the three classes? Let's say the subject. I don't think that's a good word for it. Are they fitness classes are they yoga classes are they they're fitness strength based archery so everything at all day fit is functional strength training okay nice and i guess it just it's standard the experience that you would get in a personal training session based off what our programming looks like what the structure of a session looks like i really just replicate a pt session and bring it into a group session mm-hmm. so you're still getting that focus on form focus on the proper mobility activation all of that it's Honestly, like, especially in, well, I shouldn't say, I'm sure everywhere, but there's so many gyms in the city where the 
the point of the workout is just to like go ham and go crazy, burn calories, sweat, all yeah. that stuff. And mm-hmm. I think all day fit kind of takes a very different approach around that. It's right. less about all of those things and more about like functioning and making your body move well for the next 80 years. Yeah. Which is huge. Again, is huge. going back to people sitting at their desks all day. Mm-hmm. They need Absolutely. that. So like for an example, like look at the way we're sitting right now. What's happening to our bodies? Uh, they're vibrating with pulsing energy from your all day fit. <laughs> 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 That's not what I was going for. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> like yeah. our shoulders are rounded. So we're right. getting really tight in our pecs. Mm-hmm. So like what most people should be doing is rowing and pulling them back. But when you go to a group fitness class, what do you see most of? Pushing. Pressing. Push-ups. All of uh, the things that we need to counteract from sitting all day. Like We're sitting right now with our hips. up right now. Right, yeah. I don't know, what, I don't know what you mean. Tight. I'm not rounded. <laughs> people are sitting all day. Their hips are tight. When your hips are tight, your glutes aren't activated. Mm-hmm. What do most people do when they go to gyms? Not help that at all. It's so true. So it's really thinking about our clients in a way of what are they doing all day long? How can we counteract that and program based off that? Hmm. That's where all day fits very special. Hmm. We had a we had an interview probably two, like our two uh, two episodes ago where someone said. Um, you know, with your first business, do something easy because it's probably not going to be your last business. It's probably going to fail kind of thing, but it's, it was all day fit your, your first business Mm -hmm. and it's been successful. So I think when you were, when you were saying that you had, you had planned like so much beforehand before leaving and you'd done all this stuff, the branding and all that kind of stuff, would you recommend that for everybody to plan? Are you a planner? Like you did that at at inception and it's worked out for you, but in terms of running your business day to day, do you over plan things or like over execute or... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I don't plan anything. <laughs> We're like the opposite person. <laughs> Zach's like organized. I'm like fucking chaos. I'm really not organized. <laughs> really? Zach's like 15 minutes early. I'm like an hour and a half late. <laughs> oh. you're, a sh- you're a shoot by the hip kind of person. Kind so of. For, ex- yeah. for example, like when you were, when you launched Academy, like how did, what did that process, like you said, like uh, obviously it's transformed your business completely, right? From what it was before. So like when you, when you had the idea for Academy, like how did you go upon like executing it and stuff? Yeah. Academy's been crazy. So Academy is basically, I took the concept of personal training and made it in a smaller group setting. So there's three coaches, each with six girls, um, getting a very educational approach to training but also bringing in strength and then bringing in also the team of components. Like there's small little challenges for the team. And then the, the team is a, the group, the mm. room as a group, like also does a lot of team stuff. Um, but it's doubled the all day fit business. It's been crazy, but it's also added like it's, yeah, it's doubled the amount of people. It's doubled, doubled our revenue. It's doubled everything about it. But like in the best way, I guess personal training, the experience that you're getting, it's only one-on-one. Anyway, the comp- it's like been crazy in terms of academy, but the process of starting it, I just had like, was like swinging in my hammock one day and I was like, what do I love? I love fitness and I love team. Let's make them like one unit. Um, and that's like one thing missing in terms of all of the classes in the city. It's not personalized. So how can we make a team atmosphere personalized? Mm. Oh, came Strong Academy. We ran like, a, I built a program. It's actually very, very different now in terms of like how it's grown over the full year. We just hit one year this month. But um, we're like very lenient in terms of trying to figure out what worked best. It was, you could be two days a week or it could be three days a week. It was up to you. Um, I don't even know what else was different. 
but it's just kind of evolved every round. We sit down afterwards and we work on it for two weeks, trying to figure out what worked, what didn't, what do we want to do more of next time? What do you want more less of? I'm also a big person in terms of asking my clients what they want and asking for reviews, asking for feedback and then building based off that. Cool. That's like a really smart thing, actually. Yeah. I'm a huge person. What do I get from feedback. that? Like you just execute really, really fastly and then kind of like catch up, right? And like yeah. evolve with it. And that's not, I mean, I feel like that's great advice for starting anything. Someone yesterday gave me advice. She was like, whenever you come up with an idea, just make it. I'm like, I, my brain doesn't think like that. I don't like think of an idea and then create it. I find out what needs to be created and then create it. Hmm. That's just the way I've worked. Does that make sense? Yeah. Interesting. She like has might, all might these. Be the difference between like a, a delusional entrepreneur and a good <laughs> entrepreneur. Not saying that your friend is delusional, but I think a lot of people like come up with random products or like random problems to solve. Like we had, we had that super yeah, recently. Yeah, I didn't think about this. <laughs> okay, Which so one? we're in we're in like the grocery store down downstairs, and there's these little packets of banana. That's like it's a whole banana in like a little cracker sized package. And then it's like the banana that's that's smaller on the go, so you can hold it. And we're like, it's like it's like it's like one, it's like it's like a little square, and it's like one square goes one banana. It's like, what bananas are weighing people down? Like you know, like like what, what's the ad for this? <laughs> like, are, is your bag of bananas weighing you down? Like I don't, we don't understand it. So it's like, how many of these, how many businesses are out there that were are just solving problems that people don't have? Yeah, you know, not a problem. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like bananas are great. You don't need to change them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, we're just picturing an ad of a guy with a, a big bag of bananas. Like, right. I think that's you're a an idea person. I'm an idea person, but I, I think what it happens is like I, it, it comes from like my personal like yeah, life, right? Like it, I, yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm pretty anal. Like I'm, like I just, like I said, like I like things the way I like them. Right. So it's like when something's off, I'm like, well, why isn't it not like the way that, you know, yeah. like it just, it just eats at me. So I wouldn't say I just come up with ideas. It's more just like I come up like with problems that probably I would say most of my problems that other people don't have. You're right? observant of the problems that you're having. You know, most people I don't think are observant. They just complain about the problems that they're having. Yeah, for sure. Right. And you're like, why is this a problem? How can Can it be fixed? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Yeah. For sure. Most people just don't realize that there's a solution. Yeah. Yeah. It's a skill. That's a skill. (laughs) It's a million dollar skill. Okay. I want, I want Cassie's opinion on our fitness challenge. Oh, she's going to hate this fitness challenge. (laughs) I already hate it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. We didn't tell <laughs> we didn't tell you everything about it, no. but um yeah let's get let's tell you and then let's let you dissect it. It was just coincidental coincidental coincidental. It was coincidental that you came on this podcast and it was right. also the podcast we planned on like talking about our sober October fitness challenge. So it's meant it to be. They're having a kegger tomorrow. It turned into the it turned into it started with sober October as an idea and it transitioned into okay for the next 90 days until the end of the year this is what we're doing. Like it's not a sober October challenge anymore. Now it's like a 2019 cap challenge. Yeah. Um okay so so yeah t- tell everyone like what what it I, is. I think it started from I mean obviously we were listening to Joe Rogan's podcast he's doing a sober October like let's do a sober October and last year they did a crazy you know massive fitness challenge stuff where like, we want to do something like that like I love challenges like I'm not for some I'm not someone that's very consistent with working out but it's like give me a challenge it's like I'm going to I'll, I'll fucking show up um, and so like, I think we just started unpacking this idea, like really late at night and we're like, well, well, I looked at my Strava and I had ran 400 kilometers this year. I'm like, well, it should be a thousand. Like that's a nice round number. So we're like, okay, we need to, we need to, we need to run 600 kilometers before the end of the year. So we need to double more than double in three months. And then we're like, well, we need, if we keep running, we're going to, we need to have some sort of strength component every day. Right. And then, and then that kind of unpacked, okay, well, let's do like 110 pushups that works out to like 10,000 pushups until the end of the year. And then it was like. And it, it, so it's like it's, it turns out it turned out to be running, push-ups, swimming, pull-ups. Pull ups. So it's 600 kilometers running, 
uh, 12,000 push-ups is what we wrote down, which was 110 a day. And then 2,000 pull-ups, which was 25 pull-ups a day. And then the swimming portion, we looked. So my parents live in Stony Creek, which is kind of like across from Toronto. <laughs> and we're like, how, how, how far, far is that? Is that? <laughs> <laughs> well, how long would it take to swim there? So it's, it's 50, 50 kilometers. kilometers. So we're going to swim 50 kilometers. Well, like not well. in one round. Like not in, in one pool. round. We're not going like to actually swim to Stony Creek. That'd be yeah. pretty badass if you did. Oh, yeah. Then I'd be. probably be yeah. super into this challenge. Then what if I do? <laughs> yeah. What if I challenge you to do that? Is it? <laughs> can you take a that? year? Probably. It would probably take a year for us to figure that out. A year? I think so. No. Next summer is accident on a boat. So you might as well do it next summer. <laughs> How long would it take? I thought that was supposed to be this summer. We, we, yeah. we, next summer. We've got the perfect spot. We can dock it right there. Is there a dock right there? No, there's not. There should be though. <laughs> but anyway, so that's 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 what we're doing. I th- and obviously, I feel like you wouldn't recommend anybody do the. Okay, wait. My number one question is that yeah. is that all that you're doing though? No, we're we're working out <laughs> every day too, like in the yeah, gym. Yeah. Hopefully. But, but this is kind of the thing where it's like we're coming into Q4, where it's gonna be like the busiest time, and like working out can always slip away from us, right? Like we don't. Like, and that's not an excuse, but it just happens, right? So we kind of wanted something that was prescription every day, where it's just like, no matter what, you can do this. Like, you can get out, you can run for 30 minutes, which is 6.6 kilometers. You can you can get on a pull-up bar, you can do 25 pull-ups, and you can do 110 push-ups. Like, you can do that every day. Right. And, like, we're, we have a big trip coming up. You can do that anywhere. So I think the biggest thing for us was just, like... That would be amazing running when you're traveling. Yeah, it's going <laughs> to be great. Like, I love running when I'm traveling. <laughs> so I think the biggest thing for us was, like, creating prescription to make sure that, like... Every day you wake up and you know what you're doing. You don't think about, oh, what am I going to do at the gym? Like, we don't have the bandwidth to be doing that right now, you know? We don't have, like, the, the mental energy. So it's just, like, so simple. Like, hang on a bar and pull yourself up. Go on the ground, push yourself up. You know, like, we... I okay, when you explain it, I can get super down for this challenge because I have a coach who does my programming. And for the last two weeks, he's been crazy and hasn't got my program to me. And I basically didn't work out. It's waking up and also having to, like think about it when you have so much other shit as an entrepreneur to figure out that's the last thing you want to think about so i can 100 percent relate to that i messaged him two days ago i was like this enough is enough i need my program tomorrow <laughs> i need structure i need a plan i need it right and i was not doing it myself do so you, do you always have programs written by other people always always okay that's interesting always cool i've had a coach program being for me for the last five years i like that yeah. 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 One I learned, but also like I have someone else who's holding me accountable mm-hmm. to my goals too and checks okay. in with me. Yeah. I think it's a really important thing for personal trainers to have and I recommend all trainers. Right, you're living your message. Coach. You're you're giving personal training and you're yeah. t- and you're getting it yourself as for well. For sure. Okay, and then we're also for sober October doing so no alcohol, no coffee, no Red Bulls because Zach was having two coffees and a Red Bull a day and I was becoming concerned. It was <laughs> <laughs> That's how this started? It was not intentional. Like it was just like I would wake up, I'd make coffee and like sometimes he'd have a cup, but if he, if he, if he brought a coffee to the office, then like I'd have the other cup of coffee. Yeah. And then I would, like after lunch, I'd be like, fuck a Red Bull would be nice. And I always crack a Red Bull. Like, I don't, I don't know. It just became like a thing where it's like, I fell into it and like, always, you know, like I've got a lot of stuff to do. Like it became like a bad habit. I didn't think like, it wasn't like I would wake up and like, I need a coffee. Like I, I could go until noon without a coffee, yeah, but it's like sure. I never went like a whole day without like caffeine. And so the first, like the first two days were like not good. Like, like it wasn't yesterday, it was the day before yesterday. Like I was not feeling good. I had like headaches and stuff. And like, and that's where it set in. I'm like, you need to fix this. Like, yeah, like totally fix this. So yeah, we're doing no caffeine, no alcohol, except for tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Logi- <laughs> logistically didn't work out. Yeah, we Just had, a casual we ha- kegger through <laughs> in the middle of sober October. <laughs> we had things planned out and annual events and things. We're like, mm. we have to do it for this. So we created a punishment, uh, which is if we if we break any of the rules, then the next day has to be 24 hours of no phone. No consumption was the and idea. No consumption. Like, you can't, you don't, 
like no watching videos, no texting. Like it's just creation the next day. Like you only have to be outputting. Because I feel like when, and like when, when you're, you're just all, like you're the least creative hungover. You have brain fog. <laughs> like you can't even think. How are I you going to create? Like whenever I'm like hungover, like it gives me such an, a reason to like lay in bed and flip through my phone. You know. So it's like I just want to eliminate it and be like, even if you create something that's bad, at least like start flowing the again. real the only real punishment to you guys would be to not be allowed no, to work, work the next day <laughs> that's the only way you could punish me <laughs> then there's you, nothing what are you gonna do <laughs> got no phone can't work that's the only real punishment for any entrepreneur it's like a monday all our friends are working <laughs> what are you guys doing today <laughs> is that what the day of the week it is no i'm just After saying it's like a hypothetical example that's like the only real punishment you can give an entrepreneur yeah is not to work. Yeah. I don't. I wouldn't say we enjoy working. What, I, I mean, we do, working. but I like getting shit done. It's yeah, we like I getting like, shit done. I like done. having done. If stuff. If you told me I couldn't work for a whole day, I would freak out. <laughs> yeah. What, have you ever burnt out? Mm, no, I know. Like I know when I'm getting close, and I know when to take a break. And so, what do your breaks look like? Vacations. Okay. I'm going mm. to Bali in three weeks. I'm so jealous. We've yeah. been like literally. <laughs> Every time we like see someone in Bali, like, well, we could go to we could go to Fit Escapes. You we also could like work remotely anywhere. Yeah, we got a lot. Of stuff Why are you in up. freezing cold Toronto? It's not as simple as just because you work from a computer powered by a battery, you can work anywhere. You okay. know what I mean? Because it's not just about like being mobile. It's also about the environment that you're in. Like you need a good productive space. It's not going to distract you. Yeah, and that course. you get into a flow state easily. That being right? said, I think it's like working remotely is becoming such a big thing now that I think these spaces are around the yeah, world. Yeah. Oh, I think sure, I'll yeah. for sure find one in Bali and like I'm staying for a week long retreat and then the week after I'm staying to vacation, but I definitely plan to work at that time. So I'm going to go looking for some entrepreneurship centers. I think so there's I some them. good ones. Yeah. The for, oh, sure for sure. There in is. Bali. In yeah. Bali, yeah. Sure where, where, is. where is the retreat in Bali? Um, it's in close. It's an hour from Ubud in a small little town. Okay. It's like nothing else so is the really around. Of the jungle. Yeah, the middle of nowhere. Sweet. Actually, that's no, awesome. it's on the it's on the shore, it's on the water. Oh, that's gonna be sick. that's unreal. Mm-hmm. Have you been before? Yeah, during oh, yeah. that six month trip to Asia, I spent a month in Indonesia. Nice. That's awesome. So where else did you go in Asia? Well, I did Cambodia, nice. Vietnam, mm-hmm. Thailand twice, and Indonesia. If you had to live one of those places, Ooh. where would it be? Thailand. Thailand? Mm-hmm. Cool. Really? Over yeah. Bali? Yeah, Bali, they're both the same. There's like so many Australians. <laughs> 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 but like, I feel like there like are still like hidden gems in Thailand where I don't really know if there are those in Indonesia. I think it's so taken over by travelers. Mm-hmm. At least that's what I've seen. There's 17,000. I might be wrong with this, but I've heard. There's 17,000. <laughs> we looked it up. No, I'm going to say this 100% true. There's 17,000 islands in Indonesia. Yeah. How insane is that? So I feel like there's a lot of unexplored sure. places. But if you if you go like central Bali, it's like everywhere. It's a bunch of Australians on scooters. And that right, sh- but that in should those be like 17,000 islands, I don't think you're going to find somewhere to work. Yeah, that's, that's also true. Ooh, almost Whoa, broke your happened? microphone. Cool. Oh. <laughs> I kicked it. Okay, so next cool. year, fitness challenge, we're going to swim between all 17,000. So, is it still I'm on? Just making sure we're still <laughs> um, one of my girlfriends just traveled the Philippines, and it's the same. It's like thousands of islands. Yeah. So mm-hmm. she left six weeks to do it just for one country because hmm. of all the time it takes to travel to each island. We're going to Philippines, but we're not going to be seeing any islands. <laughs> this just came City. up like yesterday. Uh, two weeks ago. Yeah, week two ago. weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah, we're taking a trip to China. We're going to check out our manufacturing facilities, go to the Canton Fair, and then we're going to head over to the Philippines to Cebu. Cebu City? Cebu. 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 Cebu City. Yeah. Capital? 
No, no, no. The capital is Manila. Mm. Yeah. It's crazy that. busy. Um, Cebu is like another city. But there's it's it lo- looks it looks a little bit more tame, but it's still a city. Like it's not going to be. It's not yeah. gonna be a vacation. It's gonna be like a straight work trip. We're gonna have we have one day or one or two days. We're gonna plan to swim with whale sharks, which would be really fucking cool. That's um, actually my dream. Why are you, you doing come. that? When you when are you in? Where Bali? are you doing that? We're gonna be doing. It's like in, my life dream the, is to dive with whale sharks. Yeah. I just got a underwater housing for my camera to like a legit underwater surf Wait, housing. What season is the whale sharks where you're going right now? And are you sure they're gonna be there? There's oh. a there's <laughs> certain seasons. I mean, if if I bet a million dollars that there's going to be whale sharks, I wouldn't be confident. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, I would change my flight. So Honduras happens every October. So like that's on my like life to do list. We can look at it. It seemed when we Googled it, it seemed like there were just like, there's a little spot where it's almost like there's always there. And there's a bunch of like, what was it? Like a sardine like thing. Yeah. There's the sardine pooling kind of thing happening on in the Philippines all year round. Yeah. So yeah. maybe the whale sharks are there all year with them. <laughs> yeah, we need to Google know. this afterwards. I bet you it's the wrong time. One of my, so one of my best friends, she was diving and there's a picture of her. This like little tiny human, this massive whale shark behind her. And she didn't see the whale shark. Whoa. She missed Whoa. it. She saw, she got the, she got the photo afterwards from the photographer and she like, the whale shark was like gone by the time she turned around and missed the whole thing. What? How does it even happen? Yeah. That's, that's crazy. Insane. It blew up in her condo. It's crazy. Let's, uh, Let's circle back to Fit Escapes. Let's put it like... Okay. Well, like, well, speaking of Fit Escapes, nobody in this room right now would be sitting in this room together if it wasn't for Fit Escapes, including Misha that's over there. Like, we, <laughs> like, none, of us, like none of us would know each other if it wasn't Fit Escapes. I wouldn't know Wait, you if it was... Do we only know each other through Fit Escapes? Yeah, because I filmed camp, the first Camp Fit Escapes because Laura Holy messaged me. Sh- yeah. That's the best thing to come out of this business. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Crazy. Yeah. We, Laura Davidson put us together for Fit Escapes. Yeah. And I cold messaged Laura just because like, I had just finished like a big UI design contract and I was looking for other apps in Toronto to design. And I just sent her an e- a cold email randomly. Look, because I just literally Googled like apps founded in Toronto and like found them all, found the founders and emailed them all. And then something randomly obviously you were like i needed a videographer videographer and then she would have probably looked at my work before when i cold emailed her like she a told me that you before. were her good friend <laughs> really i didn't never, I, had, I had never met her until that time that's hilarious yeah and then yeah and then fit escapes and then fit escapes tulum and yeah now is that your second one you went right from camp was that camp yeah it was camp and then and then tulum holy and then i know and then misha came in because east coast fam and then, Pet Fit Escapes. You. Crazy. And now it's just like. How insane yeah. is that? Flying forward. Yeah. You're like our godmother or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's it's, so ins- cool. it's an insane story when you break it down. Cause it's, and also, I wasn't even supposed to be in Tulum. Oh yeah, I called I, Zach the day before. You, you know the, the story. Yeah, I was in the sauna. You called me, and I had like I was three in the texts. sauna. I mean, <laughs> you remember yeah, where you were? I was. I, I you bring your exactly phone in the sauna. I was, and Cassie called me. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah I was. In, I was in the no. I was in the sauna. Like my my. Fo- I came out of the sauna, looked at my phone, and I like three calls. Crucial three distinction. Calls People are gonna from, be bringing their phones in the sauna. <laughs> for There's Cassie. gonna be lawsuits. And she's like, "You have to come. You have to come." And I was like, "Oh," I was. I was kind of like getting a little burnt out. I'm like, "Fuck, it'd be really nice." And then I was on a plane like the next day or like the day after. Two days later. Yeah. Someone someone canceled so basically we're like we already talked about this but fit escapes like running retreats isn't a very profitable business it's a very hard business to run so we were like where can we make a cut and the cut was like we can't afford to bring a videographer or photographer we just decided to hire we're gonna hire there for a couple hours from the resort and then someone canceled 
And we're like, this trip's paid for. Like, we need to bring Zach. And we called him right away. Yeah. And I was like, like, you didn't even think about it. I thought about it for like a good 30 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 like, okay. Which is a long time I, for yeah, you. I thought yeah. about it for 30 seconds. <laughs> it is a long time. really thought about that one. You almost didn't go. When I came back, no one even believed me. And then you were just like there two days later. <laughs> Yeah, that was a really good trip. So how come the retreat business isn't profitable? Is it that the places you're doing the retreats in are like, you want to have really good marketable places and those places are really expensive? So a couple, a couple things like that, the locations that we're going, they also are trying to make a profit. So their numbers that they charge us are very high. I think they also see like a lot of retreat companies like charge like three, $4,000. So I think they're under the impression that we're also going to do the same. So they want to make money as well. So that second is a lot of companies of retreats are just like people who have a small business. Now they're going to take a retreat out of it. Whereas I have a business partner and now there's three of us actually. So we now have to pay for three people to be in a retreat plus flights to get there plus everything else that goes in terms of like traveling. Mm-hmm. And then the third thing is both Karina and my, our, or both Karina and myself, ours, our like both separate clientele. We just want to make it something that was like reasonable that the people that we love and the people that we normally attract can afford. It's mm-hmm. so like a three, four, five thousand dollar trip isn't very realistic, a realistic right. place. Like, do you think, I don't know. I don't think Misha would have been on a trip. It was five grand. Mm-hmm. So we like try to, instead of making it as a huge profitable company, it's more like a passion project. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a hard business. And how, ma- how many of them do you do a year? So we started off doing two and this year we're actually going to have three. You're going to have three this yeah, year. Yeah. Bali will be our third. Wow. And then next year, we're already looking at three. Yeah, I was like, let's slow down. And now we have three. <laughs> They're <laughs> oh so fun. And it's yeah, like every time I say I'm going to like step back because I need to like give all day fit all my love. Hmm. We have a trip and it's so magical on every one of them that I'm like, okay, here we go again. Yeah. The people that come on there a retreat, go. like they're also like special humans, you know, like the people who invest that amount of money in themselves they want to be better and like they're working on that. So it's always really great energy. Yeah. I really, cool. I feel like the biggest thing too, is that it just as like an adult, you never get put in those situations where it feels like summer camp or like just you're, you're kind of like, you know, it's a bunch of people doing the same thing. And like, there's, you have no care in the world. Like there's a bunch of pe- you're meeting people organically and stuff. Like it just, it, it's a different feeling that you don't get that you can't really get it any other way than doing like a retreat or something like that. So it's a really special feeling and you get to like connect with people like, so deeply so quickly and that's such a really cool thing to feel right where you just go like really deep with someone you know like kind of what i do in all my businesses hmm. like i do that what you just explained is like how i feel like strong academy is hmm. that feeling like you don't really get it in real life you don't get that connection to anyone you don't build that relationships we spend 13 14 weeks together three times a week like think about the relationships you build inside that room yeah so like that's like what i do in terms of experiences like what i love to do create that environment and that culture for people to make those relationships. Because I think ultimately if you're thinking about health in the long run, it comes down to the people that you spend your time with. You can work out as much as you want. You can eat all the right foods, but if the relationships in your life aren't great, I think you won't really have health in the long run. A lot of truth in that. Yeah. So was Fit Escapes your second business? Second business. Also successful and still running. Yeah, you're just beating the odds. <laughs> Where's your horseshoe? What's the third? What's the third business? Mm, that's the big question. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the after. That's when the t- mics get turned off. We start talking about the third business. My brain's yeah, right. been going. Third business is coming soon. Okay, so what what is the big takeaway or one piece of advice if you could only give one to somebody who's 
five years behind you that wants to follow a similar path? That wants in terms of all day fit? They want to have some sort Everyone of, you know, let's say like a health retreats, and wellness say, don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, retreat yes. seems like the dream business, right? Vacation and then just rake Everyone cash. comes to me for advice and retreats. I'm like, my advice, don't do it. Yeah. It's great, but uh, just go on vacation. It's way better. Mm. Um, my advice for someone who's five years behind me and wants to do what I'm doing, I guess to know your why, to know why you want to do mm. it. And I think like, authenticity is like the key so if you know your why like you can just like live who you are and what you're trying to get out there and if you're living that other will others will follow so that's Spoken not really like savvy like something someone can go do but i think that's like what all day fit was built off and why it's successful it great was thing like, to have in your head when you're thinking about starting a business is a why. Is your why. Yeah. It's no, hard. Why. Like, you can't just like go and find that. You know, like you got to dig for you that. Have to you have like, to dig. Right. You have to go through the yeah. shit. You have yeah. to know why you want to, what you want out of this. Mm-hmm. And to so, be like real and true about that. In growing all day fit and, and fit escapes and all that kind of stuff. There's like ups and downs like within any business. What was like, was there any like, like specific story where you like, you draw from it every day, like in terms of like a down or like that you think would be a good story to share with other people in terms of like something that you learned along the way? Like, like, was there any like really bad fuck ups or you're like, I can't believe I did that or like that you kind of like dug yourself out of Mm. a specific kind of like, I think everyone's got that. You might not be able to remember it. Yeah, I know it's hard. It's like I, I'm like the type of person who like sees a failure and gets excited because I can learn from it. So it's hard for me to think of something that was shit. Um, we just like all day fit just had a, the worst month it's ever had in three years in July. So like, I guess there was a lot of learning lessons and takeaways from that month. We lost like $17,000, um, which is a huge hit when you're a small mm-hmm. business. So of that, a million things came out of it, but basically like what I learned as an entrepreneur, what's grow, grew, grew all day fit. Like to this point is my creative brain. So what happened July when I backtracked and tried to dive and dissect and figure out what the heck happened. It's I filled my schedule way too full and I didn't schedule time for my brain to be creative. And that, that creativity is what has been the future of the company. And I just like let it get take o- taken over by everything else. Interesting. So now I kind of sat down with my team, explained to them the importance of that time where my brain needs to do what my brain does to do the marketing and the sales. I guess that is like where the marketing, the sales, and even like the vision of the company comes from and continues to move from. So that's the biggest learning lesson is just like, if you are the entrepreneur and if you are the one trying to do it, to like not make your schedule jam-packed because you will need time to create. That's a really good piece of advice. Honestly, as you were saying that, I was like, holy shit, my schedule is so full <laughs> and I don't have any time to think and, and, pl- and like have those big ideas that, you know, pivot the company and, you know, create and an awesome And they're only going to come if it. you give yourself the space. Yeah. So, so how did you quantify the space for yourself? Is it like one day a week? I'm not going to do something, you it's know, two hours a day, two it's hours, a two day. hours every afternoon. Okay. Where the same, like, the same two hours every afternoon. N- it fluctuates a bit in terms of like when my clients are that day, but it's pretty much like sometime within the window of. 12 to 4. And what are you doing? Are you just... Just sitting. Just sitting. <laughs> Literally <laughs> trying not to do like my like admin and like little like tedious tasks right. that you have to do as an entrepreneur and just like possibly could be like listening to a podcast, but really like walking or mm-hmm. cooking. 
And I feel like showering. Yesterday I showered for a whole hour. Probably a really bad thing to tell because <laughs> environment. But I showered for an hour and I got like three awesome ideas out of it. Uh-huh. So just literally trying not to occupy my brain with something else. Hmm. So there's no rules. It's kind of just like. Do the some- rule is don't do anything. <laughs> right, right. Okay. Yeah. So I always say I do my best work in an airplane. Think about an airplane. Yeah. You're just stuck sitting in one spot with no internet. Yeah. Mm. You can get so much shit done. Yeah. So ask me how excited I am for 28 hours of travel to oh Bali. Oh my God. Yeah. Where are you laying over? Um, Hong Kong. I actually have no idea. Okay. I think it might be Hong Kong because Bob's freaking out. But Okay. She's freaking out about Hong Kong. Yeah. She's yeah. really freaking out. Yeah. I, it's kind of justified. But almost every flight goes through Hong Kong. So... Yeah, I don't know like, if we yeah, yesterday Zach it. and I were telling Megan, who's coming with us to, to to China, she's like, "We're not going through Hong Kong, right?" And we're like, "No, but it's 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 fine there now. Yeah. It's settling down." And then we're googling it and seeing it. It's like, okay, but it's not through the airport. And then we read down the article. It's like, okay, it's through the airport. <laughs> yeah, they're literally <laughs> protesting in the airport. They're protesting in the like, airport. I don't know if this yeah. was yesterday was happening, but like we read the article yesterday. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> be on our toes when we're there. One little, I I, I tell us everybody that says they're going to Bali or, or think they're going to Bali when you're booking your flight, I recommend connecting through Ichiban Airport in Korea, uh, South Korea. It was the best airport I have ever been okay, wait, to. Okay, I need to actually see where I'm flying through because imagine that's where I'm flying Oh through. my God, I'm telling you, like I had a horrible, like, I, on the way back, I was, I was like, I was sick coming back from Bali and all that kind of stuff. And they had like public showers, all that kind of stuff. And it was just like a really good airport. They had little lounge pods. You go take a nap and it felt like clean. Like it wasn't gross like an airport. Like it was just a beautiful airport with tons of like amenities that you could just use. Um, yeah, if you're going to Bali and you can connect through Ichiban in South Korea, do it. I just like the name Ichiban. 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 Going to Ichiban. Ichiban. Yeah, the only thing going in Ichiban was that I was so I was I got tattooed in in Ubud on Taipei. my last on my last day in Bali and you got what? I got tattooed on my last day in Bali. Like my Show arm me tattoo. your tattoo. This one, you know this one. Yeah. So I got that I got that done in Bali my last day and I had went from the, straight from the tattoo place to the rice fields because I was trying to I had hired a driver for the last day because I was working for that retreat company and then so I was I tried to pack so much in my last day so I went got tattooed my driver then took me to the rice fields I'm have my arm wrapped up in the rice fields there's like blowing <laughs> dust and like my I'm sweating so like the the, the things peeling off and we got this like, new tattoo getting dusted I'm like fuck and I'm not and like, my whole plan is like go to the, and then so then I, then I got dropped up the airport five hours before my flight this is all part of the plan like I, but then I'm like I'm stuck in the airport in Bali and there's like the Bali airport isn't that great so I'm like washing this tattoo in a sink and then so I finally get to Korea I'm like oh, yeah this this place it'll be so good I'll get I'll be able to get like nice low because I didn't got lotion for it or anything so I get to I get there and I take a nice shower in these like great amenities and I just go to try to find lotion because you're also like moisturize like it but it's supposed to be like unscented on whatever I like Google something I get it I translate it the Korean one I look at I, I start putting it on I'm like I get like this weird gut feeling and I Google it again and I start like going further down in articles and people are like, people say to use this in on tattoos, do not, all this kind of stuff. And it was tinted like more, <laughs> like it was like, it would make your skin lighter, if that makes sense. Cause like <laughs> yeah, people yeah. in Korea want their skin to be right. lighter. And so I'm, then I'm, then I'm going back to the showers and I'm washing this cream off. Cause I almost like, <laughs> I almost like faded my brand new, t- like 12 hour tattoo. Did you do anything to it? No, like I, I'd gotten it off. It was literally like probably 10 seconds. But then, I, and then anyway, so the only thing about Ichiban airport is that it's hard to find unscented. <laughs> <laughs> That's your piece of feedback. I will feedback. not be getting any but tattoos yeah, in yeah, Bali. Yeah, 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 that was a long-winded story, but yeah, but Ichiban Airport's great. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going there. Just confirmed. Big shout <laughs> yeah. Cool. Cool. All you right. got a tattoo in your last day of Bali. I got bed bugs. You got Ooh. bed bugs. <laughs> oh, 
Like Worst. you got bed bugs yeah. or you saw bed bugs? No, there? no, I got them. You got them. Like I oh. all through Asia in six months, I stayed in like two dollar hostels. Like right, so cheap. Yeah. The last night, I'm like, I'm gonna splurge. It's like forty US dollars. That's a big deal in Asia. And I got bed bugs in the at that hotel. At that one, wow. oh, and they went home with bed bugs. Which is also really disturbing when you think I was like flying and stuff. It's you, a, it was a bring, nightmare. You brought it home. No, like, it was like take your bag to all these like places. It's like normal over there. So like they have to like heat everything like crazy. So I came you home knew without like them. the next morning. You know immediately because you're covered in these like trail of bites up your body. Oh. Actually, you know what's crazy is I sent a picture to my like coworkers from Red Bull at the time. Like before I left, I was like, whoa, look at all these mosquito bites. And my friend Ryan <laughs> had been in Thailand. He's like, uh, that's not mosquito bites. I was like, fuck. And it was oh, bed bugs. Wow. Yeah, Misha got bed bugs in China. Oh, good. Yeah, it's a good time. I feel like way know? less bad about it now. <laughs> she had, we had just picked up all these samples in China of all this new clothing that we were bringing back to shoot. And then she got bed bugs and had all the bags of clothing like on the bed and everything with. So we, she had to wa- get the, get it all washed, yeah. and then it's all like you know it's losing all its color and it's fading and everything because we had to wash it like six times, and they were just did samples. Did you do it yourself, so. or you took it to someone else to do it? The hotel they have to like did heat it. it this like crazy high temperature to kill them. Hmm. Well, Jokes. maybe I still have them. I don't know. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah. It's so ass. like we were saying before this podcast, are like three pillars like business, biohacking, and bullshit. So I think we've done a little oh. bit of bullshit. We done we've done a little bit of business. I, mean, I think the one one of your biggest biohacks that you biohacks that you had said is that you just work out consistently. Is there anything outside of like regular exercise that you think that like, keeps you sane or like more productive or more creative or anything like that? Like something you do consistently that you think makes you a better business person? Like sleep. Sleep. You're a big sleeper. Sleep's my mandatory. Actually, this is like new. In my first two years, I was like, I don't need sleep. Six hours, I'm great. And then when I hired Casey, like her background was what she did. She worked with the TFC team and monitored their sleep and then how it the performance was the next day in the field. Oh, cool. So then she got my brain thinking about it. And I noticed that when I started sleeping, I was significantly more creative. So since then, this was exactly two years ago to this month, I like, sleep is a non-negotiable. Seven hours, that's it. I'll like, cancel my morning if I have to. And I, if I get less than that because I fuck up with my non-negotiable, mm-hmm. um, my like creativity goes down significantly. So sleep mm-hmm. is a massive one. Sleep, obviously, like. Do you not. wear any devices to track your sleep? No, I hate them. No, you don't like it. Do you? Uh, I wear like an aura ring, oh. which isn't bad because it's small. Yeah, an aura ring's amazing, yeah. but I hate jewelry. So do you do you like what, what's your room look like when you're sleeping? Do you have do you have a routine when you go to bed? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Tell us about your nightly routine. I'm like super curious about your aura ring. The only thing I'm like anti is the Fitbit. I actually had a client this morning. Do you wear a Fitbit? I wore it because we did a sleep challenge and we also did a 300K MA, which is a walking challenge. But what the Fitbit does is it's like, it's not like a proper reader. So it's like telling me I was sleeping for like four hours a night and then it would get in my head. So my client this morning was like, I was in bed for eight hours, but my Fitbit said it was only six hours of sleep. Mm-hmm. So then because her brain was saying only six hours, she's like, I'm tired. Yeah. I'm like, but you were in bed for eight hours. So like the mental component there, like there's, it's not aligned. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, fuck that Fitbit, get rid of it. But I think the aura is like really legit. It's pretty legit. There's there's a good podcast with the founder on the Tim Ferriss show. Cool. And they talk about the the aura ring. But I like it because it's small, so it's not intrusive. Mm-hmm. The battery lasts for weeks, so I don't have to worry about charging it. I also think like the way that it reads, I don't know, I have to look into it anyway. Yeah. I like what did you ask me besides that? Oh my sleep routine. Yeah, your bed bedtime. My bedtime routine. So I have a bedtime alarm. It goes off at nine forty five. Um that's when I like know it's time to like wind down. Let's say it's like really ten fifteen. 
Um, like, you know, girl things. I got my face stuff going on, my teeth stuff going on. Mm-hmm. I'm in bed, and I usually go to bed with whether it be an audio book or a podcast, and I fall asleep listening to that. Mm. But a bedtime alarm was, like, lifetime changing. Mm. Do you do it? No. Like, I mean, honestly, I, like, lately I've been pretty good with getting to sleep. What time do you go to sleep? Um, I try to be in bed by 11. Oh, that's good. I'm impressed. Yeah. Yeah, we honestly don't stay up. Like, we're not super, like, stay up and work all night. I don't think either of us work very well like that. We used to do it a little bit more. Yeah. But I think with just some of the information we've been consuming around sleep, it's the same thing with the, what you were saying wait, about your share friend. this information with me. Okay. <laughs> I mean, the but one that really... Any like, information on sleep that you read, I want <laughs> yeah, to read. Like the, the biggest one for me that, like, because I've been a bullish, I don't need sleep, I'll sleep when I'm dead kind of person since I, I had left school. Yeah. Like, I, And, like, honest, and to be completely honest, like, I think that has significantly impacted my life for the better. Like yeah. I, I do. Like I think a lot of the good things that came in my life is like being like not needing to go to sleep and not, you know, not conforming to the idea that you need sleep because you don't need it. But it, like if you, you 100% con- need it. No, but I'm saying like, <laughs> <laughs> no, like, I'm saying like if you're I think there's a lot of people that if they've got a lot of stuff to do, they'll fall back and be like, "Oh, I'm going to take this." Whereas like I don't know, like I don't think I would have been I don't think I were I don't think I would be where I am right now if I didn't sacrifice some sleep along the way like I also wouldn't be where I was right like I think I think I, I traded I traded sleep. I traded sleep for Same. time and like I so but I think if you want to be in it for the long game and you want longevity and you want to perform at your highest potential um, I, th- I think that sleep is important and the biggest one that really like kind of like ingrained in my head was there was like a study that like um, lack of sleep was one of the number one correlators to getting uh, Alzheimer's. And I'm just like, yeah. if there's one it's disease true. I don't fucking want, it's Alzheimer's. Like, yeah, that'd be, I can't, like, I, there's a lot of things I'll take over that. I think that, like, hearing that, whereas, like, if you were to tell me that, like, lack of sleep gave me cancer, I'd probably still push push it. But, like, Alzheimer's, I'm like, nah, fuck that. It's But also mm-hmm. the cancer yeah, yeah, it's also, also like, ma- like right. significantly higher. Really? For, yeah. for lack of sleep? Yeah, I don't know the stats, but for lack of sleep. Yeah. Because so like your body's not recovering. We recover right. while we sleep, right? So if you're not giving me the chance to recharge and recover overnight, right. that's yeah. what's happening, right? Yeah. Well, there's so there's a book called Why Do We Sleep yeah, by Matthew Walker. Book. Have you read it? Yeah. Yeah. I have the audiobook too, and I have the physical book. Yeah. So I mean, I did mean, you read like it? reading through it, I've listened it's to parts hard to of read, it. Yeah. Yeah, it's a little bit hard, but so he did a podcast with Joe Rogan, the author, and that one was really good too. He condensed it pretty well. Great. I'm gonna listen to that tonight. There you go. Yeah. Big shout out. We'll give Joe Rogan a little bit of more of an audience. <laughs> I know he needs. He's it. getting Joe. Joe Rogan's getting a lot of shout outs on this podcast. Oh yeah. Joe is. We listen. Joe's to our godfather. A little bit back and forth. But anything you want, Joe, I'll do it anything (laughs) (laughs) okay so one thing that he brought up that was that stuck with me was that they they tested ceos and business executives um who who got you know seven to eight hours sleep versus not enough sleep and they they questioned the people around them and their employees to you know evaluate what their disposition was like and they found that there was a correlation between not enough sleep and people rating their bosses as annoyed or tired or not inspiring and things like that and i was like holy shit, like these, you know, these business executives are thinking like, I don't need sleep. Like I can push through it. Meanwhile, everybody around them's like, doesn't want to be near them. They're too irritable. They're not inspiring. I'm like, I don't want that. Yeah. I think that's the biggest thing. Irritable. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to be delusional. And I mean, just anecdotally, like tracking my sleep and putting effort into it, I can definitely see a difference in terms of, like you said, like the creativity aspect of things. And I don't really have lulls in my day like I used to. And I think a big part of that is the sleep. Yeah. I think, I think it's the biggest biohack. I sleep usually between 18 to 20 hours. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I sleep like, I sleep usually seven to eight. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Well, seven. Well, I was noticing that I was only getting REM sleep after like 4.30, 4.45. Oh, 
five o'clock. So I've been trying to go to bed earlier to try to get that REM sleep in earlier a little bit, like kind of, but it was hard in the summer because it's so bright out. But I think yeah. now that the winter's coming, we can go to bed earlier. Like now it's so easy to go to bed at 945 in the summer. It was like yeah. s- sunset was just happening. Yeah. And then Zach and I were talking about that, how hard it is to wake up earlier oh, in the winter God. because it's dark so long. I get up and you just wake up and it's still dark and you're like, well, now what? Like it's all, you know, like you have somewhere to go and I'm honestly yeah, so sure. jealous that you have like an appointment to get to because it gives you like a little bit of purpose to get up. Where it's like when I get up and there's no sun, I'm just like, what time oh, are you waking no up at now? So right now we're, we're during this October, we're just trying to wake up at six, which I think is like pretty when I met Zach, he was waking up at 4 a.m. every day. Yeah. I've never mm-hmm. felt like so much of an under, like, <laughs> I was like, what am I doing with my life? Zach's waking up at 4 and I'm waking up at 6? <laughs> I, I would say, like, honestly, I like, when I, I mean, when I was in that, too, it's like, I wouldn't say that I would recommend that. I would think for that, I was in a very, I was in a state where I was just trying to push myself so much. Because, like, if someone's waking up at 5, I'm going to wake up at 4. Like, that's the kind of mindset I was in, where I was, like, I was competing with everyone. Whereas, like, now I'm not really competing with anyone. I just, I, I do... I'm more, more than I want to win, I kind of want to be happy every day. I think that's where I'm at now. But, and getting up early does make me happy. Like the first five minutes in the morning, I'm not happy. But like if I get up, I'm going to be significantly happier. I'm definitely happy right away. But I love what you just said. <laughs> it's nice. Yeah. Anyway. I find like days when I can sleep till 8 a.m. or I accidentally sleep to 8 a.m. I actually am like my day, whole day is thrown off. Yeah. I like being up early. I like feeling like I can maximize my entire day. Also, mm-hmm. I feel like when you're up early, you can you can put out before you take in, if that makes sense. Yeah. If you wake up early and your phone's already blown up, like that's not a good, you're already defensive, you know? Whereas like I think I would get up early and then I clean, like one thing I learned from like Shane that he said he'd like to do in the morning was like, let your, I, like I think this is different from most people's advice, but he's like, let your apartment go during the day and then wake up in the morning and clean because like you can get that little win and you get to like kind of do something small. And so like, I, I think that's what I've really liked doing like early on in the morning, get up, clean a little bit, get that little win before you start defending, like do a little bit of off, like super easy offense, like make your bed. Like I've, I made my bed every day. That's for like, a mandatory for oh, me yeah. too. Mm-hmm. People that don't make their bed, I'm like, how do you get through your like life? Like if I miss making my bed, like, and sometimes I do miss it, like not like I'm not going to make my bed. I get literally just run out the door and I miss it. And like, I'm thrown, I'm literally thrown off. Like I don't get that win. Like I love the win. <laughs> made yeah. bed, cold shower, two things. There Are you, you full in cold shower all the time? I'm a hot shower and then you finish off with finish a cold the shower cold? before you get out. So mm. since like, I've since I've moved here, I've been really good at I've been cold shower every single morning, step the in. Whole time the freezing? whole time freezing? How long's your shower? Super quick. Okay. Yeah. Zach is the fastest shower I've ever met in my life. I don't even think the water goes <laughs> fully through the pipes. <laughs> I swear to God, it's like a 10 second shower. <laughs> He's making up for your hour long showers of using water. <laughs> yeah, that was a bad one. I used to take, I used to take, I, when Normally I was like, it's like 10 minutes. When I was a kid, I used to take long showers. I used to sit in the shower and just like let the water That's hit me. Doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You had tons of revelations. Just sitting under, just sitting a pour on me. <laughs> yeah. Just need yeah. it. Cool. So, so I, feel, I feel like we're so cool. I mean, cold shower. I think cold cold showers is, is definitely like a little. I also bit am a like, big journaler. Do okay. I journal? Yeah, I do. I've taken. I've recently taken all my journaling electronic, which cool. was a big move. How do you so, do that? So on my iPad, mm-hmm. and then I use the note call. I the note. I use the app Microsoft OneNote. I think it's called. Uh, but it's pretty good because I was what I was finding was I wanted a personal journal, but then I'd have like business ideas and business revelations. So I should hire this person or I need this done. And then it was hard to f- to kind of segment the two things. So I was like, well, what if I use two different pen colors? And then when I look, I'll see business in red and personal in blue, but then I have to bring the pens everywhere with me, right? So there was all these kinds of things where I was like, okay, I want to categorize.
category for, you know, health and I want a category for this and that and the other and relationships. And I want to be able to find my notes on it quickly. Yeah, for sure. And I just couldn't do that with a physical journal. So I've been doing with an iPad, I use the iPen and everything on OneNote and I'll have different categories. So I'll have like personal and business and health and notes about, you know, things happening in the day, but then I can, and then I can click on it and then I can see specific notes I've taken in that. And then with the, the app, I can change the color of the page. I can change the color of the pen I'm doing. I can highlight all with that. Okay, I need to so check this out. yeah, it, off, it offers a lot of, you know, functionality that a physical journal might not have. I'd say like the only downside is it is a little bit different in terms of touch and feel writing on a physical piece of mm -hmm. paper. Um, but this one I was, you can hold the pen and no matter how much pressure you put down, it still writes with the same density. So your hand doesn't get sore yeah. because you can just hold it lightly. And Cool. And I've never seen this. Think, yeah. Is this so like a daily thing you do every morning? Uh, I do. I used to do it daily and then, I, you know, I started falling off a little bit and then every time I picked up my journal, I'd have empty spaces for days and I would start feeling bad about it. Oh, yeah. So I recently switched it to instead of organizing things by the date, I organized things by what I did that day. So if I took a trip to Bali, I'd have like a trip to Bali 2019 note and then I'd write in that. So I wouldn't, because I was, I was kind of looking at my journal being like, oh, I didn't write in it yesterday. I feel bad about it. I didn't yeah, want that sure. feeling. So I started organizing it by like events and things like that. So yeah, I do it electronically. Do you journal? I'm off and on. Like one thing I, I'm, I always journal when I'm traveling, like very religiously. When I'm at home, like I definitely see the value in it. It's just one of those things that falls off. Like in terms of like all the things I do pile on, it is the one thing that it probably falls off first in terms of like my personal development type stuff. I would like to get to a point where I am because I do get to like, I, I love that process of getting stuff out of my head getting because of so head. much of my day is just like shit bouncing off in my head and yeah, and I and I love looking back. Like this is actually a really like one I have in front of me is like a really old notebook, and I love looking back at it. That's the best part. Yeah, yeah. like recently I showed one to Shane. That was like it was a list that I had made when I was living at like my first apartment in Toronto, and like on the it was like and the title was like What Do You Want? And I like I listed stuff, and like almost all of it was like has happened in the last like four months, and it was so cool. And I had just and I had found this. And one of the things on this in this journal was like live the at the harbor. Journal. Yeah, it was it was it was <laughs> it was it's live like at pocketbook. <laughs> one of the notes was live at the harbor front, and I had found this journal. And the reason why I found it was because I found it in the move, and it was so cool, just like opening that and being like, "Fuck yeah!" So I, I love looking back, and so that's the reason I really really want to become more uh, diligent with the journaling. But I uh, set these things called my daily non-negotiables. So that's part of my journaling. So when I wake up in the morning, it's yeah, you have this like crazy freaking to-do list, which is like never ending. But I set like three to five things that no matter what happens in that day, they will mm. get done. Yeah. And I feel like since I started setting those, it's normally three because that's like I need to achieve it. Those are my three non-negotiables that I'll hit. And then when I, I also will write down one thing I overcame the day before. That's cool. Mm -hmm. I like that. That's, a, that's like a good momentum. Can you give us an example? Uh, yeah, so... Yesterday, um, I had to give feedback to one of my coaches in terms of like other um, feedback I was given about her on yeah. the gym floor, and mm -hmm. I had to deliver it to her. That's a good example. Yeah. yeah. I think the hardest part of my job is I don't have no, I've never even been really managed by anyone, and now I'm managing a team of five girls. Mm -hmm. So, and five girls highlighting girls. <laughs> so, that's like usually when I'm reflecting the day before, it's like overcoming a lot of stuff around there. Mm. I heard this quote once from a friend of mine that's a business owner. 
kind of later on, he's kind of later on in his business career now. And he said that the, your, the quality of, of your life is proportional to the amount of hard conversations you've had. Hmm. I have a lot of hard conversations. Cool. Right. Yeah. And I feel like as an entrepreneur, you have to, you're like, as the last line of defense for your business, a lot of that is hard conversations that you have to have with people. Right now with my mentor I'm working on, oh, it was amazing. It was like life changing last week. We went through, um, feedback training. So they taught us there's three phases of negative triggers that happen when you receive feedback. So they presented them to us. We did choose which one we like tend to go towards. And then we also practice breaking down. There's five steps on how to deliver feedback. So we practice that. And then I went and implemented and practiced with my team as well. And it's like already changed my life. Jamaica gave him feedback. My fiance gave him feedback the other day and he went immediate into defense mode. And that's like the number one trigger. Right. He's like, crazy <laughs> I was like all right we got to stop I have to teach you how to receive feedback oh like everyone that would make me so mad you brought it to me I think it's a good like kind of talking about both both Shane and I are Jameek's fucking awesome he's so great um both Shane and I are single both entrepreneurs where what's, is this going <laughs> <laughs> so no what and we're gonna break you and Jameek up no. <laughs> we want so you have to be like us <laughs> no like what's the obviously you work a lot right like what's the what what are the little hacks in terms of like making relationship work when you're like super like, is it just find someone as great as Jamique is, is that the answer because like cooks for you all, all this kind of stuff like like is there any tips you find obviously it was probably a learning process right of like making that kind of work so like you know being someone that's super busy and always piling more stuff on their plate and when you pile something on your plate you got to take something off and sometimes that's going to be relationships right so like have you come across any like little tips or tricks or things that you implement like constantly uh I think that a big part of like I've kind of like made my entrepreneurship experience like also like part of his experience so I really like I love his input and like I let him be a part of everything as I do it so that he's like a very understanding when it comes to what I'm doing I guess if I kind of just like did my thing and left him out he wouldn't really understand what's going on I guess so like letting integrating him into the things that I'm doing was a huge one but also like I again I have non-negotiable time where I set aside to spend with Jameek we go to bed every night together that's like another I guess that's like a ritual Mm. um in terms of the cooking there's a secret you can you trick them into liking to cook. Jamie didn't like cooking. Really? Okay. Jamie didn't even ever cook. What I would just do is I would like get him excited about cooking. Like, <laughs> oh, there's like this new recipe or new thing that I would half the time, like this was like a year ago probably, I would buy the ingredients and leave them on the counter and then amp up the experience. And then he'd get so pumped about it and would go cook. And now he just loves cooking. Yeah, now Jamie's a great oh, yeah, cook. He's, he's cooking all the time. Cook. I would have thought but he would have like been cooking for years. Definitely <laughs> tricked him into liking to cook. That's this is like a awesome. process. <laughs> I should write a book awesome. just on that. Hundred <laughs> um, percent. But no, Jamie is great. <laughs> awesome. Cool. I think that's it. I think yeah. I mean, I think you got to get got to get going, right? Where are you headed? I'm heading to the Hamilton football game. Sweet. They're playing Eskimos, and then Jamie's best friend plays on the team. Sweet. Cool. Hamilton. And I'm also taking the goat train for the first time in my life. Whoa. Oh, okay. There's another you're good option. Li- you did what? You just live the luxury experience of <laughs> never having to take the goat train? Yeah. <laughs> Do you take the goat train? Oh, yeah. Often. Yeah. Where? I, I have to go back to Brantford. You have a motorcycle. There's winters. <laughs> he brings it on the train. No. Yeah. Are you only with a motorcycle? Yeah. Do you have a vehicle? No, I ride on the back. 
They're no, probably I don't not kidding as a Vespar. Yeah, okay, this is my first go train experience. Okay. How far is Hamilton? An uh, hour? You're going to be on there for about an hour. Okay, I can are, you, are you going at five? I'm going whenever we're done chatting. Oh, oh good you're, fucking you're luck. You're going to be at five or six, you're going to have a horrible time. No, you won't. Packed. You just have to... <laughs> You I just have to have a attract a good time on the go yeah, train. Yeah, I always yeah, have a yeah, good yeah. time. Sort of, oh, you just had a class on the go train. I'm probably going like, to listen to a podcast. That's what I, yeah, that's a go, yeah. that's like a go a, train go We have too. a book club happening on Tuesday night, and don't tell my community. I'm just like not even halfway through the book. Okay, let's end it with uh, three book recommendations. Oh, Culture Code, Traction. Um, I haven't read it yet, but I'm reading, gonna read it next. Should I try? I should actually have read you it. You can't recommend a book yeah. you haven't read yet. <laughs> um, Traction, I just started. Traction Good is one so will, far. like changed my entire life. Yeah. So did Culture Code. The Alchemist. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. I haven't read it in a while, but I've read it like four times. That's a, that's actually been recommended. Is that how you pronounce it? The Alchemist. 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 Yeah. yeah, that was like life changing too. Yeah, yeah that one's been book. recommended before actually but on this podcast. By uh, I think it was uh, Josh. Yeah. Josh Gonzalez. Yeah. yeah. All right. Good book. Traction cool. is like. Okay, I think it's a good way, to, good spot to end it off. Cool. Yeah. Thanks for coming on. Oh wait, no. You know what? We have to. We have to. We're, get, we have, we're still new at this. You have, you have to plug all your stuff. Where, oh, where cool. can people find you? Where can people figure out what you do and all that kind of stuff? Um, you can find me on Instagram. Is my main platform, Cassie Day D A Y Y Y, one Y and two Y were both gone, so I had to take three. <laughs> um, and then from there you can find everything's in my bio. There's okay. our website, alldayfit.com, our social media, alldayfit.co, all that good stuff. And let's be real, I think Cassie Day fits your personality a lot more than Cassie Day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was That's my what I should say. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Thanks well, for having me, guys. Yeah, thanks for coming thanks on. For coming that on. was a lot that of fun. Awesome. I think people are gonna get some value out of that. And you're welcome back anytime. Definitely oh. it. Awesome. Thanks, guys. See ya. <laughs>